0: Dr. Martin um, has pastored, he's been a teacher and a preacher and evangelist Uh, for years. He was part of the Brownsville Revival. Anybody remember that great revival in Florida? And uh, so we're just honored and blessed to be able to have them here. And uh, I, I hope that you come expecting something from Jesus. Amen? Amen. Because God wants to meet you. He wants to touch your heart and life this week. So let's give Dr. Martin and Linda a great summit welcome today and let them know how much we appreciate them. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. It's great to be here today. It's good to see each of you as... Pastor said on this balmy tropical day in Wasilla, we had a wonderful time yesterday. Uh, We came in actually Friday night to Anchorage and yesterday uh, Pastor and uh, First Lady picked us up and we had a wonderful lunch and then we spent some time resting yesterday afternoon and tried to go to bed a little bit early and uh, slept until a wonderful 7.30 this morning. Well... 7.30 7.30 Oklahoma time. <laughs> so we've already had a pretty long day today. and uh, It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great week. There's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. Tommy Tinney used to say that God has this incredible idea that church is all about Him. Isn't that a great thought? I'd like for you to meet my lovely wife, Linda. Several months ago, we celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary. No, no it was 50 months. We, we, we got married in uh, 2016, and... We decided that at our age, if we were going to ever, ever get a golden anniversary, we'd have to celebrate every month. So we've been <laughs> celebrating every month, and we, we reached our beautiful 50th, and we're having a great time uh, crisscrossing the, the country and the world telling people about Jesus, and that's what we're going to be doing this week, and you need to be here. Listen, I, I, I am very happy to be here. This is my third trip to Alaska And I'm very happy to be here, but I did not come here to enjoy the weather. I I came here for the presence of the Lord. We came to have church this week, and we can't do it without you. Now, we will, if there's only a few of us, we'll go ahead and and enjoy God in His presence. But you'll miss out, and so, very important, we want you to join us. And uh, I see the tech team's on the ball here and got our our information on the board if you want to Remember these websites, it's okay to take out your phone right now and snap a picture of that and you'll have it when you get home because I want to particularly tell you about the website there on the bottom, Pentecostal Gold. It is a uh, favorite child of mine that I started eight or ten years ago and it is an archive of classic Pentecostal preaching. There are over 3,000 sermons on Pentecostal Gold and you can listen to every one of them for free, anytime you want to access them with your smartphone or your tablet or your computer. Three thousand gospel sermons by the greatest preachers that ever lived: Jack Cole and A. A. Allen and R. W. Shambach and Jimmy Swaggart and David Wilkerson and Amy Simple McPherson, and on and on and on. Uh, a couple hundred different preachers already on there. In fact, I was working on Pentecostal Gold a little yesterday afternoon because it's uh, something that continues to grow. You will never listen to all the sermons on Pentecostal gold, because if you do, I will have new ones up before you can listen to these, and I believe it'll be a blessing to you. <clears throat> we, uh, we, as a pastor said, uh, do campaign evangelism around the world. Uh, I've been preaching now for 55 years, and I never imagined but the last quarter of my life has been the best and uh, we've won more people for Jesus in the last number of years than we had in the rest of our ministry put together and we've we've had a great 55 years but the last few years have been phenomenal and uh, this is in Brazil Uh, December 2019 we had a campaign in Brazil we saw 3,400 people make a decision for Christ it was awesome every person that made a decision for Jesus was followed up within 24 hours of their decision for Christ. Then in, uh, well, that way, this uh, January of 2020, we were in Ethiopia, a place called Ghetto, Ethiopia. That's not the ghetto, it was ghetto. And uh, we saw 3,700 decisions for Christ, and, and uh, then everything shut down. How many, how many of y'all remember everything shut down? And uh, so we didn't get to do any, any campaigns until uh, our last campaign was just in, last month in October, and we saw 5,335 people receive Christ, make a decision for Christ yeah. and Larry. Yeah. We are scheduled to leave two weeks from today for uh, Ethiopia again in a place called Jinka, Ethiopia, But uh, some of you that follow the news would know that there's a state of emergency in Ethiopia right now. It's very dangerous to travel there and we're just really not sure what's going to happen about that uh, crusade in Ethiopia. So we really ask for your prayer about it. Uh, You look at the uh, State Department website and it says do not travel to Ethiopia. If you do, be sure that you have made your will, taken care of your children and your pets and leave, leave DNA for your family. That is uh, very shocking to read when you see that. So pray for us about that. And uh, we have several books on the table. Uh, We've published about uh, 50 books on revival. Obviously, we can't bring everything with us when we come to Alaska. But we do have some of our favorite books out there on the table. And uh, these are the two newest books that I have written. One's called The Good, the Bad, the Ugly, and the Hilarious. And uh, it's stories from my life in ministry. It's not the story of my life. I think that would be boring. It's just stories. And I think you would find them uh, enjoyable. Some of them are are laugh out loud stories. And uh, we were in a, a pastor in a church in Tennessee years ago. I was just a kid. And a guy got saved in our church that was an entertainer in the in the nightclub. And he got saved on a Sunday morning. He, he was previous to uh, where he was working he had worked with carl perkins some of you guys in, uh, with gray hair remember carl perkins young ones wouldn't but uh, he had been uh, in par- carl perkins band well he was working at a place called the pine ridge club and he came he got saved on sunday morning and then uh, he went back sunday night to play his uh, engagement at the club and was under conviction he just got really saved and walked out of the club that night and never went back into worldly entertainment he's preached the gospel and sang for jesus now for 40 something years and uh, but anyway when he got saved we put together a little band and we'd travel around and he'd sing and i would preach and we he, we were going to a little church in henderson tennessee and he had invited a uh, guy to come with us and play the steel guitar and this guy wasn't a christian he, he wasn't never knew god hadn't been to church he just he just went with us because he could play the steel guitar His only claim to fame, he had been an attorney and had done something and got disbarred. His only claim to fame was when they made that movie about Buford Pusser, Walking Tall. He was one of the deputies in that movie. But uh, we brought him with us and he played the steel guitar and I preached. I gave the altar call and we were tearing down the equipment, getting ready to go home. And I turned around and he was smoking a cigar on the platform of the church. And uh, I said to the guy that brought him, you're going to have to take care of your buddy here. And so he escorted him out of the church and let him know you didn't smoke cigars in similar God churches. (laughs) Normally speaking, we expect there to be fire on the altar when we go to church. But that morning there was smoke on the altar and (laughs) it was distinctively cigar smoke. So that's just one of 75 stories in that little book that you might enjoy. uh, The other little book is one I wrote on on drinking alcohol I never imagined when I was brought up in Pentecost that it would ever be an issue in Pentecostal churches of people social drinking but it is an issue today and this book deals with that not from a theological perspective but just from a common sense perspective is it does it really make good sense for believers to drink alcohol and I, I think you might enjoy it and there's a lot of other books out there I don't want to take any more time on that we have prayer cards on the table please take one of those to pray for us and let's see what else I got oh yeah I wanted y'all remember 2020 don't you (laughs) these are some of the oh what happened 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 we're going backwards I got to get back to the wait 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 Ah, I don't know what happened we went to the wrong end there, we're back. These are interesting ways people mask themselves. <laughs> Antivirus, yeah, that's kind of the wrong idea. But. By the way, I've had COVID and uh, I've been vaccinated and my, I had a test for my antibodies and it, it scored zero to 49 on the antibody test and my test came back 940. So don't worry if I pray for you, I've got enough antibodies for everybody here today. (laughs) How many of y'all's mama told y'all not to do that when y'all was a kid? (laughs) These are the 2020 Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh, come on. Come on, that's funny. Come on. How many of y'all rather have COVID? It gets worse. not a bad idea now don't make fun of this guy he's got something working here (laughs) not a bad idea we were on the plane I'm not making this up we were on the plane coming back from Pakistan and you know they give those little announcements And the flight attendant giving the announcement said, If you're wearing a face shield, take it off before you put on the oxygen mask. Yeah, maybe. This one used to be my favorite. But now it's this one. All right. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Hebrews. We're going to have fun this week, but we're going to touch God as well. I'm planning, the Lord willing, to preach tonight about what happens when the church prays incredible things take place when the church prays join us tonight tomorrow night god willing I'm going to teach on the origins of the Pentecostal revival the Pentecostal revival that has swept the world in the last 120 years is the greatest revival in the history of the Christian church it started with a spark in Topeka Kansas in 1901 spread to kansas and oklahoma and missouri and down to texas out to california where the azusa street revival exploded and it spread around the world we're going to talk about that monday night and we're going to pray for you to receive your own personal pentecostal revival if you've not had the baptism of the holy spirit monday night would be your best night to receive well unless you want to receive before then And uh, so come to each of these meetings I'm waiting on the Lord for Tuesday and Wednesday however he leads us it'll be something that I know will be a blessing to you but we hope that you can join us Amen. Miss Linda would you hand me my bottle of water I woke up sneezing this morning I know what it means to sneeze because that little boy uh, that Elijah prayed for sneezed seven times and he was alive so I know I'm alive that's what it means I couldn't imagine why I had allergies. Everything that I ought to be allergic to is either frozen or covered with snow. (laughs) But I was sneezing, so Miss Linda snuck me a Benadryl, and now I'm so dry. Y'all don't want a dry preacher up here, do you? (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11, a couple of verses, verse 13 These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. How many of y'all are feeling more like strangers on the earth all the time? Yes. And then verse 14 says... For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. There is another country. There is a place beyond this place. This world is not my home. I'm seeking a country. That's probably not good homiletics, but if you'll turn to Proverbs 25:25, 25, 25, I want to kind of tie these two verses together Proverbs 25 25 it says as cold water to a thirsty soul so is good news from a far country so we said in Hebrews there is a country we're citizens of another country we have news from that country and it's good news I know it might stretch it for some of you hermeneutic students to put those two together, but uh, I will and tell you I want to preach to you today about good news from a far country. Good news from a far country. Let's pray first. Father, we thank you for bringing us back to Wasilla. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to fill this pulpit today and this week. Lord, we know that we can do nothing without you, so we depend Every moment on the work of the Holy Spirit in this church. We ask you, Lord, that you would bless each person that's come today. We pray that you would put in their hearts a desire to be in your house all week, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the worshipers that brought us into your presence. And we ask you to bless and anoint them each night as they draw us into your presence, Lord. Lord, touch these people today. We'll give you the honor and the glory for it. And everybody said, Amen. Good news. Good news. Well, there's four things I want to share with you this morning that's good news. The first one is fear not. Fear not. You don't have to be afraid. We ended the year 2019 by preaching at our home church in Duncan, Oklahoma. And I preached on the last Sunday of December, uh, December 2019, I preached on New Year, No Fear. New year, no fear. And then 2020 came. How many of y'all at least once in 2020 wished that your mama would have kept that promise to slap you into next year? (laughs) Just, Just couldn't hardly wait to get 2020 over with and get on with our lives so I'm preaching new year no fear and then all of a sudden this fear grips the whole world literally grips the whole world I I made a trip in, in March of 2020 over to Myanmar and everywhere I went through Asia stopped in Japan everyone was wearing masks and I thought wow the world has changed in such a short amount of time and people were so afraid some are still walking in fear but I'm gonna to tell you this morning, you don't have to be afraid. The Bible says sixty-two times. The Bible says, "Fear not, fear not." Where I came from is kind of redneck country. We might say, "Ain't scared," but it doesn't matter if you ain't scared or if you're fearing not. You don't have to be afraid today. It's good news. You don't have to be afraid. By the way, what are you going to be afraid of? Are you going to be afraid of the devil? You know, the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. You have power to put him under your foot. It might be an old cliche, but we read the end of the book and we know who's going to win. We know we don't have to be afraid of the devil. Now, I know the devil is a foe that you should respect. You shouldn't play games with the devil, but neither should you be afraid of the devil. I remember some decades ago Carmen came out with a, a living video about the devil and Jesus boxing down in hell. You remember that. The champion. And I thought about that. You, you listen to me. If the devil was to walk into a ring with Jesus it would be like me stepping into a ring with Mike Tyson. The devil might be a, a, a nuisance but he's never been a threat to the kingdom of God. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. I'm going to tell you good news this morning fear not What are you going to be afraid of? Are you afraid of men? You know, there are some people that live their entire lives afraid of what other people think about them. Or afraid of what somebody else is going to say about them. Or afraid of everybody's perception of them. Shake it off this morning. You don't have to be afraid of the people that are around you. You don't have to be afraid of what they're going to say about you. Don't you remember? Sticks and stones can hurt your bones, but words will never hurt you don't be afraid of other people or their opinion don't let other people dictate your life there are some of you that need to develop the gift of goodbye There are people in your life that continue to drag you down. People in your life that you've tried to help them over and over again. And they can't be helped because they don't want to be helped. And it's time for you to give them the great goodbye. And to say, I'm not going to carry you any longer. I'm not going to let you drag me down any longer. I'm not going to let you hurt my life any longer. I'm going to get over you. What are you afraid of this morning? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of failure? Some people are so afraid that they're going to fail that they never try anything. And not trying is worse than failing. I've spent a number of years in my life as a pastor, and I know what it's like when the pastor says, we need somebody to drive a van, and they say, oh, I'm afraid I couldn't do that. We need somebody to work with the kids. Oh, I'm afraid I, I might fail at that. Well, we need somebody to teach a class. Oh, oh, pastor, I'm afraid I, I'd fail if I tried that. We need somebody on the worship team. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm afraid. Listen, it is worse to be afraid of failure than it is to try and fail. The Bible says a righteous man will fall seven. times but he gets back up again it's okay sometimes to stumble and to fall as long as you get back up and don't let it keep you down don't be afraid of failure get out there and do something Most of the people in life that have been successful, whether it was at finances or anything else, business or whatever, people that have been successful have often failed many times. Abraham Lincoln is noted by most as the greatest president we ever had in America. Uh, something a lot of people aren't going to say today, but the greatest president we ever had in America, and yet Lincoln lost as many elections as he won because he just kept pressing in until he succeeded. Don't stop. Just keep on until you make it. I'm preaching good this morning. I hope you can... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting. That's, that's what I'm thinking. What are you going to be afraid of? Are you afraid of the future? Are you afraid of the future? Somebody said, well, it's not the future I'm afraid of. It's what's out there. Yeah. It's kind of like being afraid of the dark. You know, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of things that go bump in the night. I don't know what's in your future. So well, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm, I might die this year. Well, you might. You're going to die sooner or later. I promise you that. I don't know, but a couple people got out of here alive. What are you afraid of? Little boy, afraid of the dark. And his mama said, Son, go out on the back porch, that pantry out there, and bring me a can of green beans. And his little bitty guy, and he said, But mama, I'm scared of the dark. And she said, Oh, son, that's silly. You don't have to be afraid of the dark, there's nothing out there that's going to get you. She said, go get me those beans. And he said, mama, you don't understand. I'm scared. I'm scared of the dark. And she said, son, you don't have to be afraid of the dark. Jesus is out there on that porch. Jesus will be with you. Little boy walked out to the screen door and opened it up and said, hey, Jesus, if you're out there, could you hand me those green beans? (laughs) Isn't that how we feel about the future? We know God's out there, but we'd like for him to hand it to us, you know. I'd just like to know everything that's going to be going on out there tomorrow. No, no, no. Good news is you don't have to be afraid. The Bible says the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And the answer is no one. No one. Good news. Let me give you a second bit of good news and that is God is in control. God is in control. You see things around you and it looks like that the world is in a mess. And it looks like things are just spinning out of control. I've got news for you. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost are not calling an emergency meeting in heaven and wringing their hands and saying, my, 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 what are we going to do next? God knows exactly what he's doing and he knows exactly what he's going to do. And he knows all about you and the problems that you're facing. And he is in control. The Democrats are not in control and the Republicans are not in control and riders and looters are not in control and teachers unions are not in control and the president's not in control but God is in control. God is in control. When I was a kid we used to little, sing a little song that said, he's got the whole world in his... Y'all know that? In his hands, he's got the whole world In his hands, he's got the whole world In his hands, he's got the whole world In his hands He's got me and you, brother In his hands, he's got me and you, brother In his hands, he's got me and you, brother In his hands, he's got the whole world In his hands Well, he's got me and you, sister, in his hands. He's got me and you, sister, in his hands. He's got me and you, sister, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's the truth. That's the truth. It might be a simple little children's song, but I'm telling you this morning, it is true. He has the whole world in his hands. He's in control. In the book of Matthew chapter 10 and verse 29, he says not a sparrow falls to the ground that God doesn't see it. I'm not talking about a bald eagle or a golden eagle or a beautiful cardinal but a little sparrow not even a single sparrow the most worthless of the bird not one falls to the ground except God sees it and if he sees the sparrow he said how much more does he watch over you God is in control Amen. Proverbs sixteen nine. It says, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his steps. In other words, we wake up in the morning and we've got a plan for today. But it's God that's directing our lives. It's God that's directing our paths. In Daniel 4, 35, it says, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Boy, that's ego busting, isn't it? That's not a, I'm okay, you're okay. But God said, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or none can say, what doest thou? Not only does God have control of everything, but he says to you, it's none of your business. (laughs) Hello? Hello? Isaiah 45, 6 and 7, it says, They know from the rising of the sun and from the west, and there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. I form the light and create the darkness. I make peace and I create evil. The Lord does all these things. Everything is in his hand. The good, the bad, the ugly, it's all in his hands. You say, but, but, but I don't understand it. I, I can't figure out what God's up to and what's going on. Well, listen... In Isaiah 55, 8-11, this is what he said. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my work that goes out of my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in that thing which I sent it everything that God has ever spoken is going to come to pass just exactly like he said it was coming to pass his word will not return to him empty or void God is in control and he knows what he's doing and he's doing something wonderful in Wasilla this week hallelujah who's in control God. I said who's in control God. One more. who's in control God. God is in control when you turn on your TV and you see Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and you scratch your head remember what I'm telling you this morning it's God that's in control Jeremiah 29:11 says, "For I know the thoughts that I have for you," saith the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end." That's what the King James Version says. In another rendering says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope." That's God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is not evil. God's plan for your life is not destruction. God's plan is to give you a future and to give you a hope. The God that controls the universe has a plan for your life and that plan is to give you a future and I hope somebody ought to shout this morning. God is in control. God is in control. Well, Third thing I want to share with you is this. This too shall pass. 463 times. Somebody counted them, I didn't. I got Google. 463 times in the King James Bible, it says, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. One old preacher I heard said, Aren't you glad it didn't come to stay? (laughs) Aren't you glad 2020 didn't come to stay? The fact of the matter is 2020 came to pass. And everything that you're going through in your life, every situation you're walking in is going to come to pass. I remember years ago, I was going through a dark time. Y'all ever been through a dark time in your life, dark season? I was in probably one of the darkest periods of my life, and I was, I felt crushed. I was in the ministry, I've been in ministry all my life. But I felt crushed. I felt like I didn't have any future. I was just in a bad way. And a friend of mine, a man that was preaching when I was called to preach, in fact, you might know Dr. George Brasla. He was from North Texas. But Dr. Brazel was nearby, and so I drove over to see him. And after the meeting, we sat in his car, and and I told him how bad I felt and what I was going through. And he was a professor of psychology and a similarly god ordained minister. Dr. Brazel looked across the front seat of that car at me, and he said, "Larry, you're not going to feel this way forever. You feel bad right now." You feel like you're on the bottom right now and you can't, you can't even reach up to the bottom. But he said, this is going to pass. Things are going to change. The sun's going to come out again. You're going to be happy again. No person can stay in the state you're in forever. You're going to, you're going to get out of this. Just those simple words ministered so much to me. But do you know what ministered to me more than the words he spoke? was the fact that everything he said was true. It was a season and I passed through the season and I got to the other side. The country song says, if you're going through hell, keep on going. (laughs) Hello, don't stop there. I got to the other side and on the other side, the sun came out again and God turned my mourning to dancing, he turned my weeping into joy. What I was going through was a season that passed. And everything you're walking through right now, every burden that you bear, every cross that you carry is a season of your life. And I promise you, it's not going to stay that way forever because change is coming tomorrow. And this too shall pass. This too shall pass. I love what Paul says to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen. We look not at the things which are seen. I want to shout right now at Paul and say, speak for yourself. (laughs) Because most people I know spend all their time looking at the things which are seen. Right? We let Fox News and CNN dictate our life. We look at the things which are seen. But Paul said we ought to be looking at the things which are not seen. Well, you can sit here this morning and you can see a beautiful church platform and everything is so nice. I was observing this and felt like kind I was home, home on the range. (laughs) You you can see the carpet and it looks okay to me. Maybe it is 40 years old, but... But this is nothing. I don't want to demean the building. It's a beautiful building. I'm glad it's here, but it's going to burn up someday. I'm not suggesting arson. I'm just going to tell you everything that you see it's going to burn up someday. This, too shall pass. The fact of the matter is something far more real than what you're looking at this morning is happening above us in the heavenlies. There are angels that are warring for this service this morning and warring for you and warring for this week and these meetings and for the presence of the Lord. There are are unseen things that we don't see that are far more real than the things that we do see, but we spend all of our time thinking about the things we do see instead of the things we don't see. Right? Right? And then Paul continues and says, for the things which are seen are temporal. It's all temporal. Your 401k is temporal. That new car that you can't wait to get is temporal. That home that you live in is temporal. The clothes that you can't wait to go to Dillard's and buy are temporal. But he says, the things which are not seen are eternal. The only thing that you brought into this service that is going to last for eternity is what you put in the offering this morning. Hello? The only thing that you brought into this service that's not going to die or burn up or rot or destroy or worms going to eat it is the thing that you invested in the eternal because the things we don't see are eternal things. The things we... mm, the things we do see are temporary things. The things we don't see are forever things. Let's spend more of our time on what we can't see, which is the eternal. Amen. These things are going to pass. Eternity is forever. Eternity is forever. The eternal things. There, there are guarantees I cannot make you. You listen to some of the guys on television and they'll make these kind of guarantees, but that's because they don't have to ever meet you face to face. It's like the guy on TV that says, if you send me $100, God will give you $1,000. They don't believe that. I said, they don't believe that. If they did, they'd send you 100 Right? People make false promises. Don't believe them. There's things I can't promise you. I can't promise you you'll get a better job tomorrow. I'll pray for you. I hope you get a better job tomorrow. I can't promise you you will. I can't promise you if you're sick that you'll get well. I'll pray for you. I've seen some mighty miracles. But I've seen people that I loved and loved God that have gone to heaven with the disease that they were never healed from. I can't promise you that. I can't promise you you'll have more money in the bank tomorrow than you had yesterday. But I can promise you this. I can stand on this stage without any hesitation. I can promise you this. This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. That's the only promise that we have. And it's good news. And the good news is and the good news is all of this is going to pass but what we're doing for God is eternal and it's going to last forever Amen. oh praise the Lord praise the Lord I got one more thing I want to share with you this morning good news this is, this is the best Jesus is coming <laughs> Jesus is coming you say I've been hearing that all my life me too but he's coming he's coming i say this everywhere i go when it looks like things are falling apart when it looks like things are coming apart is when things are coming together the stuff happening around us the You feel the world shaking beneath your feet. You feel the American political system and economic system shaking beneath your feet. When it looks like it's falling apart, it's really coming together. It's like when you pull the plug in a bathtub. You don't notice the water draining out at first. It's when it gets close to the bottom. And it starts making that swirl that you notice the water is getting closer to the bottom. And the closer it gets, the bigger the swirl is. The reason your head is spinning is because we're living in the swirl. We're living in the swirl. God has pulled the plug and the water's draining out. Folks, I believe Jesus is coming. I said, I believe Jesus is coming. When I was a kid raised in the Assemblies of God, we used to sing about the coming of the Lord at every service. We might sing a hymn that had five verses, but one verse is going to get around to the rapture. And we'd testify about the rapture. And we'd pray about the rapture. We talked about the rapture. And here we are standing on the threshold of the coming of the Lord. And it seems like believers are afraid to talk about it. Somebody ought to stand on the rooftop and shout as loud as they can shout and say, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. This is the wrap-up of this generation. I, I believe with all of my heart that he could come today. I believe the trump of God could sound before we ever left this service this morning. I believe in the word of God. I believe in the rapture. I believe that Jesus is coming back to this earth again and it could be today and that is good news. Hallelujah, that is good news. In the book of Luke chapter 21, verse 28, Jesus said, and when you see these things begin to come to pass, Notice the emphasis. When you see them begin to come to pass. He said, watch Fox News and worry yourself to sleep at night. (laughs) That's not what he said. Oh, I got it. And when you see these things begin to come to pass, walk around with your face to the ground and your chin dragging. No. When you see these things begin to come to pass, that's when you should fret and complain. Uh What did he say? He said, and when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up. I said, look up. Lift up your head because your redemption draweth nigh. Oh, thank God this morning. Thank God this morning. Thank God Summit Worship Center when we see these things happening around us. It is time for the church. It is time for the believer to lift up his head and to look up because the redemption is nigh. Jesus is coming. Let me say it again. Jesus is coming. He's coming for me and he's coming for you if you're ready. That's good news in 2021. Little boy, just small his daddy was going on a trip, going to be gone several months. He didn't know how to explain to his son when he was coming home because he was too little to understand dates and calendars and all of that. October, November meant nothing to him. So the daddy said, son, when you see the leaves fall off the trees, you'll know that daddy will be home soon. Summertime and Kid played in the yard and didn't think about it. Missed his daddy, didn't think about it when he was coming back. And become September, and leaves began to turn. And then one night there was a strong wind and blowed the leaves still hanging on those trees. And he got up the next morning and there were just piles of harvest leaves up against the fence and up against the house. And the little boy walked outside and he saw all of those leaves and he ran back in and said, Mama, Daddy's coming. Daddy will be home now. The leaves are falling off the trees. And Jesus gave us. I said Jesus gave us a better notion than that. Of when he was coming back. And he said when you see these things happening. You'll know that I'm coming. And I'm telling you he's coming. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming to take the church away. The old timers used to sing a song that went like this. We're passing through. The sands of time, we have not long to wait. Our loved ones we shall meet, shall meet. Uh, I sung that wrong. Let me just do the verse. Then cheer, my brother, cheer. Our troubles will soon be o'er. Our loved ones we shall meet, shall meet upon that golden shore. We're pilgrims and we're strangers here. We're seeking a city to come. The lifeboat soon is coming to gather the jewels home. Am I the only one that's ever heard that? Probably so. Then cheer, my brother, cheer. Our trials will soon be o'er. Our loved ones we shall meet, shall meet upon that golden shore. We're pilgrims and we're strangers here. We're seeking a city to come. The lifeboat soon is coming. Together, the jewels, home, he's coming. Good news. Good news. This too shall pass. God is in control. You don't have to be afraid. And Jesus is coming soon. Bow your heads this morning. Father, thank you this morning for the privilege to preach the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for these very attentive people today. What a... Wonderful group to preach to this morning. Lord, I pray that the message now will bear fruit in this church. God, I pray for anyone here today that's not serving you, not living for you. Touch them today, Lord. Touch them today. Lord, I pray for those that walk in fear. Those that worry about the future. Those that are afraid the world's collapsing around them, I pray, God, that you'd give them new vision, new hope, new future today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, what I've preached to you this morning is good news for believers. If you're a believer, everything I've said this morning is good news for you. But I've got some bad news. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're not following Jesus, if you've not come to him for the forgiveness of your sins, nothing I said this morning is good for you. In fact, everything I said this morning should scare you. Because if you're not living for Jesus, the fact that God is in control should cause you to question everything about tomorrow. If you're walking off of his path, then his control is over your life too. If you're not walking for Jesus, it should frighten you to think that Jesus could come today because you could be left behind. If you're not living for Jesus, it doesn't matter if this passes or not because the next trial will be the same as this one if you don't have him to help you through. Everything I preached about was for people that love Jesus. If you don't love Jesus, none of that is good news for you. But I do have good news for you. The Bible says God loved the world so much that he gave his son to die for you so that you could have this good news. If you're here and you don't know Jesus this morning or if you've walked away from Jesus and you're not following him, if you're here and you're not a believer in Christ and you're not walking in the way of Christ and his followers, there's good news. He loves you. And he wants you to know him today. You too can have this good news. Would you bow your heads across this room? I'm gonna ask you a simple question Is your heart right with God? I'm not asking you if you're a member of this church or another church. You can be a member of a church and go to hell, you can be baptized in every river in Alaska. Every baptism will tank in every church and still go to hell. It's not about church membership or it's not about baptism. It's not even about good works. It's about have you been born again? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Are you saved? And if you're in this room and you say, Pastor, I'm not living for Jesus. My heart is not right with him, but I want to get right. I want this good news to be my good news. If he came today, I want to know that I'm ready to go with him. And you'd say, would you pray for me this morning that I can find Jesus? Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? I'm not here to embarrass you today. I'm just here to pray for you. Anybody here that you're not living, God bless you, friend. Anybody else, you'll lift your hand up. You can put it up and back down. God bless you, friend. You're not living for Jesus this morning, but you know you need to live for him. You want this good news to be your good news. Lift your hand. Anybody in the balcony? anybody in the balcony you need Jesus to forgive your sins are you here today one more time on the main floor across this room you need Jesus God bless you men there's three of you thank you who else I need Jesus this morning to forgive my sins I want this good news God bless you in the back I see it thank you somebody else now lifting your hand isn't gonna make you fit for heaven but it'll show that you want prayer and before we leave this morning we're going to pray with you and you will know that you're ready for heaven. Somebody else needs to lift their hand. I I would have closed but God's still moving and speaking to people. Is there one more? Waiting on you. God's speaking to you. you. You feel that. Thank you. There's two more. Thank you. You feel that in your own heart. You feel God's dealing with you. That's not me. That's not pressure. That's not psychology. That's God dealing with you. You feel you need to get right with God this morning. Lift your hand up. Is there another one? Gonna wait a minute. Father, thank you for these that you've touched today. Thank you for these that want to get their heart right with you. May not one person leave this room not knowing Christ as their Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd stand with me all over the church please I may have lost count I think six or eight people raised their hand some raised their hand more than once if you raised your hand this morning and you said I need Jesus to forgive my sins I want to be walking with him I want this good news to be my good news I'm going to ask you to make a big step everything in your mind will say don't do this but god's gonna say do it i'm gonna ask you by faith to leave the place you're setting and come stand right down here because there's some prayer workers in this church that want to pray with you and help you find your way to jesus just come right now you lifted your hand up come on there were several more from different places in this building you raised your hand come on come on maybe you didn't lift your hand but you see these have come. And you want to join them. You want to make sure you're right with God this morning. I invite you to come right now. Come on. Come on. Not going to wait long. But we'll wait on you for a minute. We've got time for you. Is there somebody else? Bless your name. Bless your name. Now. Thank you sir. Now in just a minute. We're going to ask others. To be prayed for that have needs like fear and doubt but this is the most important thing we could do this morning so I'm going to ask everybody in the room to put your hand on your heart right here say why am I putting my hand on my heart did you know you can miss heaven by 18 inches you can get religion in your head and not get Jesus in your heart and that's enough to separate you from God but we're going to pray from our heart I'm going to give you the words but you're not going to pray from your head you're going to pray from your heart everyone in the room will you say this out loud with me Say, Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus Christ I thank you that he lived that he died that he rose again that he lives forever to take my sins away forgive me today wash me in your blood cleanse me from unrighteousness Write my name in your book. With your help, with your grace, I'm going to live for you every day of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Doesn't that feel good? Woo! Pastor, you have someone that could come pray with these?